coming to get you, Barbara. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> I love it, though. Now me, I not only drink really, I really drink. We are Buzz on Movies. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, to Buzzed on Movies. I'm Teddy. And I'm Matt. And we're here this week to bring you the final of the Neville Dean Taylor filmography, uh, Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. The final, work, the final work from our cr- uh, very unique, somewhat insane uh, pair of directors here. Uh, and quite an interesting one to end on. You know, they've mostly, they've all done original work so far, the three movies that we've covered. And now to go out on a franchise picture, uh, kind of an interesting choice. It does kind of feel like like the perfect finale in some ways, because like their movies have been so like heavily inspired by like video games and like pulpy, comic-y visuals. And now they're ending on a comic book based film. So right. it's kind of like appropriate. <laughs> we did get to see what they would have been like on an actual comic book movie with a real property behind it. And it's it, it's an interesting ride. I'll just say that. It is. Uh, I do wish it could have been like, like, what would they look like on Superman? You know, like, what would they look like <laughs> on like one of the more like traditional superheroes? Oh, my they God. got like the most they got an already surreal comic book character. Yeah, so. <laughs> probably the most fitting. But yeah, could you imagine like the Neville Dean Taylor Batman movie? How Don't insane let the Snyder be? fans know about that concept. <laughs> Release the Neville Dean Taylor cut. Oh, God. Um, yeah. Speaking of Batman, uh, this is a bit of old news now, but it'll be the first time it's been covered on the pod. Uh, but uh, what? What's his name? God damn it, Michael Keaton. Are you talking about Michael Keaton? No. Are you wait, talking about um, Robert Pattinson? Are you talking about uh, Ben Affleck? Are you talking about? <laughs> God damn it! Hold up. All right. All right. Start over. It's the first time we've mentioned it on the pod, but um, it happened a little while ago. But Joel Schumacher has passed away. We wanted to. (laughs) Matt, I find it really offensive that you would laugh at that. Like, I mean, geez, man, the the man is in his grave, dude. Okay, that's not, you know, that's not what I'm. If you cut this so it sounds like I'm laughing at that, I'm going to be so mad. Instead, I named like all of these Batman actors and it turns out you were just referring to Joel Schumacher and that's what we're like, like that's his like claim to fame, the Batman movies, Joel Schumacher. Okay. All right. I was just, I was getting into it. Joel Schumacher who made perhaps one of the most controversial Batman movies of all time, Batman and Robin. Uh, also much more uh, well-known for making films such as Lost Boys and Chariots of Fire. Uh, wait, St. Elmo's Fire? Which Saint one was Elmo's it? Fire. St. Elmo's, Elmo's Fire. Fire. Um, yes, so he's he's made a lot of other great films, but unfortunately he has been known for uh, Batman and Robin, which is not as bad as some people say it is. Okay, first of all, yes, it is. But second of all... <laughs> It's really, really entertaining, even if it's as bad exactly. as people say it is. In that sense is what I'm talking about. It's not yeah. it's a it's an entertaining kind of bad movie. It's campy, it's, it's silly. Absolutely. It's, it's what, fucking awesome. It's a blast <laughs> to watch. And anybody who tells you otherwise is crazy. Um Joel Schumacher is a legend. He's one of the the most prominent openly gay directors who has ever like graced our big screens. Yeah. Um 
and yes, rest in peace. And I am, it was devastating to see, you know, to, to learn that he had passed, but he left behind an awesome body of work that is totally worth checking out. If you have not really dug into his work, because a lot of it is fun. A lot of it is gay, even when it couldn't be openly gay. So it's just like a, yeah. a good time. Um, so, and even boys. Batman and Robin is super gay. <laughs> it is um, super gay. And I think <laughs> elements of that are perhaps why it was not treated as kindly by the fan base. Uh, yes, absolutely. That's a huge, the the very gay overtones of that movie. Are, I mean, you have like Uma Thurman doing the, the campiest things she could have <laughs> possibly done. Batman and Robin have bat nipples. Like... <laughs> There's a shot where it just shows like their asses suiting up. Like there's it's so weird. many spandex clad asses in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean, I will say Alicia Silverstone gets it too. So it's not all gay, but mm, there's more focus. <laughs> <laughs> so like, certainly. Um, there, there's also a lot to not like about that movie and maybe someday we'll actually talk about it. So I won't go into it, but like, it's a, it's a very gay, very fun fun batman movie um it did unfortunately sink a batman franchise but yeah. you know that's life sometimes <laughs> you sink a franchise um, speaking of sinking a franchise <laughs> <laughs> well i just want to want to mention again that we're going to be talking about ghost rider spirit of vengeance tonight uh, uh yeah. You More fell. importantly, we're going to be talking about the pre-MCU Marvel Studios project. Um, yes, which makes this <laughs> a very interesting film to discuss indeed, given what has come out of Marvel since then. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, is there anything that you've been watching recently you wanted to make mention of? Um, so in terms of like new things, let's be real, no. Um, although that's not totally true. I did watch, if you haven't seen it, the five bloods. I did watch that. Ooh, um, I've been meaning to check that out. It's really fucking good. Uh, totally, totally encourage everybody to watch it. New Spike Lee joint. It's on joint. What new Spike Lee movie. It's on Netflix. Um, it's there. It's really good. Um, worth seeing. It's like, it just feels like, very, I mean, I'm not the first to say, it, but it does feel like, one of like, it is like, you know, not the quintessential Spike Lee movie now because everybody knows what like the quintessential Spike Lee movies are, but it does feel extremely, extremely important, timely right now. And does feel like maybe this is like what Spike Lee is like, like this is like the big Spike Lee movie of like our our generation, you know? Um, cool. Yeah. It's really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, everybody should watch it. That's really the only new movie I've seen lately. Otherwise I've been going back and like, catching up on things that I've like missed over, like even just like the long term. Like I finally watched the entire resident evil franchise, which I had Ooh, never boy. seen all of. Um, I'd only seen the first one before. Um, that was really fun. It's not a great franchise, but I actually had <laughs> an absolute blast watching it. There was like never a dull moment. I was like, I don't know what's happening. Um, I don't know why Ian Glenn is involved in all of these movies. And I, you know, like, Allie Larder's here, which is all always like, oh, so we're in the mid two thousands. We're doing yes. Allie Larder thing. Uh, um, <laughs> um, Allie Larder existed. <laughs> yes, um, I sort of been doing like a, a video game adaptation journey. I watched Doom. Um, I recently watched Lara Croft Tomb Raider and Lara Croft Tomb Raider: Cradle of Life. Um, okay, so, so I'm sort you're of gonna, doing. You're gonna watch House of the Dead next, of course. Well, I've seen that before. Um, <laughs> Uh, so, you know, I don't really need to do that, but uh, you never know. I might go back and do that. Um, 
but it's been like fun to to catch up on some of these like old really weird oh i did watch um you should have left that's another Ooh, new movie yeah. that i've seen um, and another one i've been meaning to check out yeah i didn't love it um but it's definitely worth seeing it's i would say that the the performances are really good and there's some good stuff towards the end but a lot of it is like kind of just like boring and weird um i was sort of like i don't know what's happening um kevin bacon is like angry all the time um you find out why and it's Mm. kind of insulting that like you find out why as like a reveal at the end when it's like yes we know we know that that's um (laughs) we figured it out yeah and like also he's with amanda seyfried and it never really addresses why these two in their 30 year age difference are like a couple um but (laughs) <laughs> it's uh, you know it's sort of like in 2020 maybe we don't do that anymore um but like you know whatever um because technically she's 30 something she can make right um but like still it's it's just like kind of a weird it feels like it would be addressed at least at some point because in real life that's at least a little strange it's i mean i would say that the it is i do think the movie I think it's intentional that there is that age gap. I don't think the movie is like putting it there and thinking that that's normal. Um, uh-huh. It's never like explicitly addressed, but I do think that the dynamic of who he is fundamentally as a person and who she is fundamentally as a person, the age gap sort of is a factor in the themes overall. So mm-hmm. I do think that it's important. Um, it's just like never like upfront addressed in that way. Um, Interesting. And so um, I guess to me, it's just the movie is sort of about like, it's sort of like about the inescapability of the past and fame and like family breakdown. And it's sort of like, these are like very common haunted house horror trends or themes. And it's sort of like, if you're going to do this, you probably need to do something like kind of new with it at this point. And it definitely was not doing something kind of new with those things. So it was sort of like, okay, well, ultimately like we've seen this this exact horror movie before so that's fine but um so i guess like it, it yeah it just wasn't great um but it was a fun what i watched it like 8 a.m one day uh, that was fine um <laughs> so um, to kick off the day yeah i watched all of the the jaws movies i've watched um oh i saw drive angry um oh yeah that was fucking fun I've been meaning to rewatch that now that I'm getting um, like kind of into Nicolas Cage crazy mid 2000s era. Yeah. Drive Angry is a blast. It's like sort of what Ghost Rider wanted to be, but was held back by like Marvel being Marvel mm-hmm. sort of, even though it wasn't like it wasn't the Marvel that we know now that like suffocated all directorial voice, but it was still like you have to be a comic book movie. Right. Um, Drive cool. Angry is n- does not have to be a comic book movie. It has the dad <laughs> from Twilight. It has oh Amber Heard. Like, it's fucking awesome. Um, it's like, I don't even know what to think about it, but it was great. Um, I really enjoyed it. And I think you would probably like it too. I also, wow, I can't believe they're all, I'm going through my letterbox diary. Just to be clear. <laughs> um, I also watched Daniel Isn't Real. Um, and that was really good. And it's the producers of Mandy, which as a pod, we enjoy. Oh, yeah. Um, Love Mandy. Um, and when you're watching it about halfway through, you realize it's the producers of Mandy. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> uh, it really is like. Do they give normal. you the title card halfway through like they did with Mandy? No, it, not like <laughs> that. Um, but it is like, like, I mean, it's weird in the first half of the movie, too. It's definitely a weird movie. But it's sort of like 
normal weird. Like the sort of weird that you saw in like... The first thing that comes to mind is it comes at night, which is like a weird movie, but it's sort of like typical indie horror weird. Now. Right. Right. Um, it's like that's what Daniel isn't real feels like for a while. And then about part like it's like half, maybe a little more than halfway through the movie. It's suddenly like, oh, so this is fucking weird, weird. And we're doing body horror. And <laughs> we're just like, turn. yeah. Um, and that's when, you know, it's a Mandy produced film. Um, it, it's not the same director, I don't think. Um the director is what's his name but uh, um panos cosmatos yes uh right. but it is the director of the movie holidays if you saw that anthology horror Ooh, film. Um, i don't know that i have but i'm definitely familiar with it yeah um and it's really good it, i really liked it there are some people who have liked it less um i think it's getting some mixed thoughts it is definitely a take on like mental illness and toxic masculinity Ooh. um Fun theme. Is, that's like a definitely a big theme of it. It does star Patrick Schwarzenegger doing his best Christian Bale in American Psycho. And Schwarz. Yeah, uh, I actually really like him in it. It turns out he's one of the more controversial aspects. Some people think he doesn't have a lot of screen presence. I don't know that we watched the same movie. I was like, wow, he's like dressing like that and talking like that. Like he's doing it. <laughs> he's really like. He, and he's really doing his best American Psycho. Like, it's huh. very, very American Psycho. Um, and Miles Robbins is in it, um, which I had never really seen in anything before, but he's what's uh, Susan Sarandon's son um, and Tim Robbins' son. I didn't know that they had a... I don't know. I just don't know, like, actors' personal lives. But it turns out that they had a child together. And so um, that's news to me. And... He did turn out to be in Halloween in 2018, but I didn't know that at the time. So <laughs> um, I think he's the the main girl's boyfriend in that movie, probably, if I had to guess. Um, um, so, uh, oh, you, you got to update the fans on uh, how many times have you watched Rock of Ages at this point? So more. Um, <laughs> I've definitely watched it. Let's see. Let's see if I can get an exact count on how many times I've watched it. So I... It's actually not that bad. I've only watched it 14 times so far. Um, and that's total. And like 10 of those oh times came in the first two weeks. So like we're down to like basically once a week right now. Um, and the I think, it's gonna, yeah, I think we're going to sort of like level it out that way. It's sort of like this thing that the last few weeks I've done on Sunday nights. I've been like, I want to end my weekend with Rock of Ages. Um, and so like, that's sort of like a thing that I keep doing. And I think that's probably going to keep happening. Um, we do have a long weekend coming up from work for me, so I will probably watch it more than once this weekend. Um, Great. but in general, we're done once a week. It is still definitely affecting every aspect of like my life and my <laughs> lifestyle. Um, I'm still like, that's the only kind of music I'm listening to. Um, I, I have multiple denim vests right now. And <laughs> <What>? I thought, <laughs> yeah, I bought some denim vests that are like, um, <laughs> listen. Okay. I didn't know this part. <laughs> um, yeah, it was like, I already had one. And then I was like, you know, that's like a light colored vest. And so I bought some like, I bought like a dark blue vest. And I was like, I need a black denim vest. And so I bought a black <laughs> denim vest. Um, so like, I'm like really... And, you know, it's like, it's definitely changing who I am fundamentally as a person, but, <laughs> but I'm not watching the movie so much anymore. Um, 
It's like you've internalized the movie at this point. You just got it like running in your head all the time. Oh yeah, sometimes I definitely just listen to the soundtrack. Oh, I'm that sure. does happen. Um, so that that definitely happens a lot, and that's the movie and the Broadway show. Um, but you know that's okay. Um, I think it's it's really helpful to me right now. <laughs> um, you do what you gotta do. You know do what you gotta do. Um, what about you? What have you been watching? I just talked for a while. <laughs> well, I I haven't really been watching too much uh, that's new. I've okay. definitely been re-watching a lot of stuff. Uh, we watched the Back to the Future movies recently because nice. Lauren did not see those. Uh, I, um, not to interrupt, were... but I watched um, See You Yes or See You Yesterday today, which is very heavily influenced by oh, Back yeah. to the Future. Hmm. Um, uh, produced by Spike Lee, also. Um, yeah. Um, yeah um they, they as always hold up really well they're very entertaining flow really well just a lot of fun uh really good yeah, stuff very good. and uh <laughs> to get something uh it's like almost totally out of the mission of this pod last night i watched uh singing in the rain mm. which um classic always one of my favorites and uh just again just uh, such a joy to watch very few down moments just lots of fun the whole time um but yeah uh oh uh, something that's a little more pod relevant that i have done that was a rewatch was i watched the uh collector series uh, oh yes you've mentioned that <laughs> with the the film the collector which i remember not really liking that much so i'm not sure why i ever watched the sequel but uh like and watching it again, I was like, okay, yeah, like it's kind of a standard home invasion film with like a few twists because the collector, like he sets all these traps in people's own homes, which seems like really impractical. Like he somehow breaks in and sets up all these traps really quickly. Uh, I don't really buy it. It it seems weird. It's a cool gimmick and the like the villain is kind of neat, but he's also kind of annoying. So it's like, eh, I don't know. Not too great. But, oh, man, I completely forgot how insane and awesome the sequel is. The collection, <laughs> which I believe came out in 2012. Uh, holy shit. <laughs> the movie is so much fun. Because, first of all, the collector sets up this crazy thing where he has, like, an underground nightclub or something that I assume he set up. Or he set up a big trap in somebody else's underground nightclub. Not clear, but the former seems a lot more realistic. Anyway, and like it has like this giant saw contraption that like turns a whole crowd full of dancers into pieces. Like <laughs> really <laughs> style. And that's just like the opening, the opening section of the movie. Um, but then like they, uh, he, you know, his, his MO is he always takes one. Like he always takes one of the people from the sites of his crimes back to his little lair to do God knows what with. Um, and in this case he takes back like the daughter of this really rich businessman. So he sends in a bunch of, uh, like, uh, mercenaries to go get her back. And so, like, the most of the movie is them, like, raiding this guy's, like, super secure, crazy bunker slash torture mansion and trying to, like, get this girl back. And it's, like, it's some of the most insane, like, 
funhouse style horror I've ever seen. It's it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I love it. I need to watch it. I need to I need to sit down and do these. And so, but, uh, are are they streaming? Did you? Um, I think maybe I'm not sure. Um, and a lot of stuff has moved off of streaming this last yeah, it's month. Been, so there's sure. been a lot of like up and downs on what's streaming, what's not at any given time. Uh. Yeah, I, I think I I know at least one of them I had to rent. So I don't know. Yeah, uh, it seems it's on Cinemax right now. Um, of course, that's the one movie channel that I don't subscribe to. Um. <laughs> so I might have had to rent that one, but it's and a of lot. Course, <laughs> of course, the collector would be on the one movie channel. Like, I subscribe to the other ones for a reason, and the reason is that those movie channels don't typically have movies like the collector. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> like that's intentional. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the collection 2012. It's like. It reminds me a lot of the better Saw movies or like some of the parts of House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh, uh, what did I watch recently that was very Saw? Oh my God, I watched Player Die. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, you were telling me about that. I really want to see that now. Uh, Player Die is like escape room mixed with Saw mixed with Stay Alive. Um, <laughs> good stuff. And it's like none of none of that is as good as you think it's gonna be, but it was really fun. You saw some videos of it. Um, yeah, it's something else. Um, that was that was definitely like a silly fun. the The killer's main weapon is a screwdriver. I was like, okay, um, <laughs> that's a choice. Um, it takes place in Manchester, uh, but nobody has a Manchester accent, so that was also fun. I was like. Like one of you is British, the rest of you are French. Why? <laughs> um, like, and like, even the ones like, or I say one of you, but like, multiple of them were British. A lot of them were French too. But, but the ones who were British, why were they were definitely not from Manchester? And I, <laughs> I think I can say this with some authority. And so, like, that's just like not like I was like that's very funny because they're all like oh we're we're over here in Manchester and we're in this like I don't even know what building they were in uh it was like an old like schoolhouse or something and I was like what it was very reminiscent of Saw for that reason too it was sort of like how are they getting away with this like how is this happening um, but a question you'll ask during a lot of these ridiculous horror movies and like yeah. At a certain point, you just have to kind of be like, all right, this makes no sense. Well, that's why things like Hostel were like Eastern Europe. That's where we do this sort of thing. Um, Right. And like, like it's lawless over there, right? And it's sort of like, well, have you been to America? I actually think. um, In the collection, they sort of make it make sense. It's in like some sort of inner city, and he's in like a really bad part of town, and he owns like an abandoned hotel that he like – it looks really bad on the outside, but it's like all high tech and stuff on the inside. I mean, if he owns it, that's already like, that's believable because <laughs> in, in a, I mean, I completely believe that if somebody like terrible had the money to own like a big hotel and wanted to set up that sort of thing, they could get away with it very easily because yeah. fucking America. Um, <laughs> so like H Holmes kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, it could happen. So whatever. Um, yeah, so it's been it's been fun trying to watch like a bunch of like movies that I've missed and like a lot of like mediocre movies for sure. I've definitely been watching like movies that are not they're not like things that were ever going to be award nominated. Right. Um, I mean, I've been doing that too. I uh, I feel like I've just 
like lots of movies that I've been like, oh, I saw that before, and that was kind of fun, even though it wasn't great. I was like, why not rewatch it now? There's not a lot else to do, you know. So yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, same. Good, so. It's been oh. fun. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> it. It's been a fun time. I've been really living in like these mid 2010s mediocre horror for a while now. It's- Man, the mid 2010s were such a fun time. Um, <laughs> it was just like so. There was so much good, even like like the 2000s. Like it was like 2000 through like 2016. There's some like really fun, mediocre action slash horror. Yeah. Like just like in there. And it's it's really good. Um, if you need like a distraction, that's like sort of like the right place to go. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the sweet spot right there. Um, so on a somewhat similar note, <laughs> speaking of uh, mid 2010s, mediocre action horror, uh, let's talk about Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. Let's do it. I like the, the beer cracking. Um, Got to do it for emphasis. Um, no, I appreciate it. Even though they don't really drink beer in these movies. They drink like whiskey and wine. Yeah, there's, there's like no beer. Um, oh. There's beer in the first movie. Okay, so first of all th- this movie is a sequel to the I believe 2009 film Ghost Rider um it was 2007 2007 wow so this is a pretty big gap it's like a five-year gap oh. here um and uh there's not a lot there's actually a lot that changes between the two movies like there's not a lot that happens in the first movie that affects the second movie oh my God. you can totally watch the sequel without having seen the first one and be totally yeah. fine. Um, yeah, but it's odd because it's not like it's not like it's a reboot or a remake or anything like technically they're canonical. It's just like it it completely does not connect to the first one and in fact discards a lot of stuff that was established in the first one. So in the first movie, uh, Johnny Blaze is like he's uh, like a stunt rider with his dad and he makes a deal with the devil to save his dad's life from cancer, but the devil tricks him. His dad dies anyway. Uh, but then he has to become the ghost rider, which is like sort of uh, the, the devil's subservient, like going around and cleansing souls from him, taking souls, I guess. Uh, and so like the movie is him struggling with that. And at the end he, Defeats the devil, but he decides to stay the ghost rider so that he can fight the devil. Yes. I guess like his, his contract was up, but he was just like, no, I'm go- I'm not giving up the spirit of the ghost rider. Instead, I'm going to stay on earth and fight you. Um, but like, so the second, when this movie picks up, um, first of all, they show a very different scene of him becoming the ghost rider. Like, uh, he like like cuts his hand on like some glass and uses it to sign the contract. And instead of like in the first one, I think the devil just sort of like pricks his finger. Yeah. And and he and he in the first one he signs like this ancient type scroll or something. It's like this really elaborate thing. But in the new one, it seems like it it looks like he got it from like some legal office that does like estate <laughs> work or something. There's like the little, the little stickies on it that tell you where to sign and stuff. Yes. Yeah. It was like they, they went in a completely different direction for some of this stuff. A lot of this stuff is shown like animated flashbacks, which are very interesting. Um, yeah. The animated stuff is a very interesting thing that they did throughout this movie. It's multiple times. 
Um, yeah, anytime they want to like do some backstory or something, they like click into the animation, or they if they're like explaining rules of like how the Ghost Rider works, and there's a lot of voiceover from Nicolas Cage during these parts, like explaining things. Yeah, none, none of which is present in the first movie. Like the first movie is like pretty straightforward, like superhero action movie, and yeah. I feel like with a few little bits of retooling would fit in fairly well with uh like the modern marvel movies uh even though it would look a little bit more dated obviously um but this one is like a completely different tone altogether they're like they're just not even trying to do that like full like corporate superhero movie thing they're doing a lot of weird shit they're doing that animation they're uh they're doing some really unusual special effects oh yes yeah. <laughs> this movie does not at all feel like an MCU film. There's like no way. I mean, it's already hard to bring like the character of Ghost Rider into the MCU. Um, but Spirit of Vengeance did not. The tone is just like completely off the wall. Um, I mean, what do you expect from a Neville Dean Taylor film? It's yeah. It, you know, it, it is very much of their ilk. Yeah, it feels more like a Neville Dean Taylor film than it does a Marvel film. Like, I mean, you can probably get a sense in there of like some sort of corporate pushback, but it really feels like they kind of went out on their own on this one, which is interesting. Um, Most like notable at the beginning of this movie is that it is... uh, 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 like one of the first things you see is it is uh, listed as being part of the Marvel Knights imprint, uh, <laughs> which there was only one other movie made with this uh, label, which was um, Punisher Warzone, <laughs> which is a similarly like crazy off the wall comic book movie that predates the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And that is yeah. like, very crazy as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of, kind of similar in tone in ways too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, very, very interesting that they like pick this thing up and like pretty quickly put it down to do the Marvel Cinematic Universe instead. But we've got a couple of interesting films here. Um, the opening scene in this movie also is like absolutely nuts. I wrote down. Like at the end of the scene, I just wrote down, I have no idea what happened in the opening scene. Uh, (laughs) And that, that precedes like the whole animated flashback section. But basically what happens is like, there's some sort of monk enclave or something. Um, and you get introduced to God. What is his character's name? Even, uh, head. What? Oh, yes. Well, Anthony Stewart Head is in this, uh, a.k.a. Giles from Buffy, a.k.a. Repo Man from (laughs) Repo the Genetic Opera. Um, He's in this. He gets killed pretty quickly. I guess he's like part of the monks. Um, He entrusts McCavity to... Oh, is that... Okay, McCavity's name is Moreau. Yes. Like Dr. Moreau, the island of Dr. Moreau. (laughs) Moreau, Yes. As played by Idris um, Elba, Idris Elba, aka McCavity. I just can't. I can't. I can't divorce him from McCavity in my mind now. <laughs> he's done so much else. He's a really great actor. He's a he's lot. He's literally fun. done so much else, but also <laughs> same. I see him, and I'm just like McCavity. <laughs> my mind is just in that place right now. 
yeah. He plays like this alcoholic French monk. Yeah, you know, he's like actually my favorite character. Um, he's a lot of fun. He's he's really good. Uh, he has a lot of cool moments. Um, he's like I like when he chugs a bottle of like two thousand year old wine to head into battle. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, same, same. <laughs> um, um, he's entrusted to look after this boy that we're not quite clear of the significance of yet, but he's got like some sort of cosmic uh, power. He's got he's actually we, you know, Damien from yeah. the Omen. <laughs> he is. He is. He does have some strong Damien vibes, and yes, essentially he is Damien from the Omen. Um, yeah. So this rewrites a lot of uh, a lot of what was established in the previous movie. Basically, all we have is you know the Ghost Rider, the Ghost Rider apparent played by Nicolas Cage, apparently is in like. As opposed to like in the first movie, he like seems fairly normal for the most part, except for the fact that he's got this Ghost Rider thing going on in the background. But most of the time, he just tries to forget about it. Uh, and then at the end of the movie, he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna go fight the devil with this." Um, in the second movie, he's like kind of hiding himself. He's like like trying to stay away from society because he has this terrible curse and he doesn't want to do anything about it. Um, and yeah, so, it seems that like there's been like a vast change in like the ghost writers, I don't know, like hunger or powers in the like intervening years, right? Like in the first movie, it was sort of like, I'm done with your contract. I'm gonna go do my own thing as the ghost writer, which means I'm gonna fight you, devil. Um, and then in the intervening years, it became the ghost writer is this thing that I still don't control and will eat anyone's soul no matter what I do. And yada, yada, yada. So I'm staying away from everyone. And it was sort of like, at the end of the last movie, that was not clear that that was like a concern that we were going to have. Yeah. Um, <laughs> power sort of changes too. Like in the first movie, he can like see into people's souls and see the bad that they've done and use that to just kind of sort of like destroy them from the inside. But here it's like he's tasked with eating people's souls and he has like a natural hunger to devour them. Right, like, and he can't control himself all the time. Yeah, when, yeah, it sort of it just takes over, uh, and he's like in Ghost Rider mode. Uh, so, so Nadia, who's the mother of the little uh, Dan- Danny, the little Damien Omen kid, uh, like tracks down the Ghost Rider. Um, wait, no, who who tracks him down? I think I got this wrong. What? what? Who tracks down the Ghost Rider? Is it her? No, it's it's Moreau. It's a Moreau. Moreau Moreau tracks him down and is like, you have to help me protect uh, this woman and her child um, because the devil's coming after him. The devil's coming after him. And also, if you do it, I will remove this curse from you. That's the idea. Yes. Johnny Blaze is offered the chance to get rid of the ghost rider. Yeah. And, And in this... And and this is a big change, obviously, from the last movie, because as we said in the first one, he wants to be the Ghost Rider. He's like, I'm going to keep this power so I can fight the devil. Here, yeah, the movie like, doesn't really address why he suddenly wants that to change. It also doesn't address why his girlfriend leaves him. Um, yeah. Well, like I said, it's it's one of those things that I don't think there's like 100% continuity between the two. I think like his motivations have just changed. Like he, he's a different Ghost Rider in this movie yeah. than in the last one. Um but like in the scene where Moreau runs into him, he's like 
cloistered up in his room and he's like almost afraid of the light. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is what it feels like to be in quarantine. Yeah. It's very much. <laughs> he's, like, he's a very shabby looking fellow. Uh, but you thought that I thought, Oh, it's Edward Cullen. Uh, <laughs> ah, yes, of course. That the perfect comparison for everything. Johnny blaze um, has been there a thousand years. In that warehouse. <laughs> no, stop. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> So yeah, so they're going. Uh, they're going to try to protect Danny and Nadia from the devil who walks the earth, as in the first movie. But he, the devil, takes on a very different form in this one. Uh, in the literally, first, a different actor. Literally, yes. In the first <laughs> movie, he was played by Peter Fonda, uh, which was really cool. He, he did a great job. Um, but he, he he's played by a different actor here, uh, and also like he has a different. He has different abilities. Like in the first, also, we movie, say a different actor. It's literally C.R. and Hines. We should say <laughs> yes, that it's that a big true. name. It's not like, <laughs> yeah, there's a surprising number of like relatively well-known people in this movie. Like obviously Nicholas Cage, uh, like Idris Elba. Uh, so yeah, Hines. yeah. <laughs> kind of surprising the cast in this film. Uh, yeah. So the devil like walks the earth in this one, like in the first one, but in the first one, he seemed like just like sort of an immortal, being who could show up whenever he wanted uh in this one he's like sort of implanted himself into a physical body and the body like can be hurt just like any other mortal body and actually like him being in the body sort of drains it of power um like we see whenever whenever he tries to use one of his powers it weakens him considerably because the body can't take it so um, and that leads to some very interesting effects later on. Uh, but yeah, that's that's also a big difference here. Um, so so the devil and like the mercenaries that he's hired track down the kid and kidnap him from his mother. Um, and they are running off with him. Um, and at some point, the ghost rider joins up with Nadia. And so they're like off trying to get the kid. It's kind of like, it's kind of confusing the way it all happens. Like she's, they're like in a quarry and the, the bad guys are trying to take the kid or something. And then suddenly the ghost rider is there. Yeah. <laughs> and, shows up and like, as soon as he shows up, like this is the first we're really seeing of him in ghost rider mode. His like the, you can see the effects are like way cooler than they were in the first movie. Um, like I, I, the first movie, the effects were like pretty good, um, but when like he was like on the motorcycle and stuff, it looked like this weird like computerized skull with the flames around it. But I, I feel like the flame effects and the skull effects and everything still hold up pretty well now uh, in this movie. Yeah, they're much better. Yeah, I think so. I think that's right. It's cool, and he has a really crazy fight with uh, some of the uh, henchmen during which he sucks a couple souls out of people. Yeah. He's like going like full mad. He's like, he's just like taking their souls. He's burning people to a crisp with his chains. It's like indiscriminate. He's just like killing people. Um, it's funny. as like when he's sucking the souls, like he's just like kind of standing there and not really like anyone could like get in a free hit on him or anything, but everyone's just kind of like standing back. Like, Oh, what, what is this? What's going on? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's very interesting. Um, but ultimately, he comes away from this fight 
with Nadia and the boy, right? Um, mm-hmm. They escape here. Am I? Yeah. Am I right? Yeah, they get out. There's a lot of there's a lot of back and forth. Like they they get the boy, and then like the devil guys get the boy back, and the devil isn't always with them. Some so t- sometimes it's just like these guys who don't really have any special powers, versus the ghost rider who like has some pretty significant powers. Um, and the devil obviously can't really fight very much because he can't use his powers in his body. So it's sort of an interesting dynamic. Um, they, there's that scene at the junkyard. Um, one of the, one of the other fights between the henchmen and the, uh, and the ghost rider when they're like all firing like RPGs at him <laughs> repeatedly and it's doing like absolutely nothing. <laughs> Oh yes, <laughs> he's like running down like the hill, down into like this like it's like what's going to become a battle space, and they're just all shooting at him, and it's just like nothing. He's just like do 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 do. Um, <sighs> he yeah. like really. There's like a time where it's like oh, so he's just like indestructible. Like nothing can happen yeah. to him, no matter what you do. <laughs> He's just like like methodically just destroying all the other henchmen, and there's not a lot else they could do other than like fire rockets at him to like s- delay him for a little bit as he gets up. Um, oh, and I want I wanted to mention before we get to this part when um, Ghost Rider is trying to find the kid, uh, trying to find out where the henchmen went with the kid. Uh, he like goes to this this strange like club sort of place that's like sort of outdoors i don't know it's weird but um he's like questioning this guy who knows the henchman about where he is and he the way he's intimidating him is basically like with how crazy he is he's like look man i've got this thing inside me the ghost rider <laughs> And he he punishes evil, and right now he's trying to get out. He's screaming at the door. <laughs> he just, like starts yelling, and he's doing like the he's doing the full on Nicolas Cage thing here. Like we didn't in the first Ghost Rider movie, Nicolas Cage never went like up to eleven like he sometimes does, but he really does it in this movie. Oh, he does. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> he's nuts. Um. Also, like, he's made to look so much more insane at many moments in this movie. There's one scene where he's, like, riding the motorcycle, and you can see he's, like, flipping between normal and the Ghost Rider, and you can just, like, see just the the skull eye sockets forming on his face. <laughs> yes. A really cool effect. It, like, it sort of reminded me of some of the, uh, like, the hallucination effects in Mad Max Fury Road. With, oh, like, sure dead children and stuff uh it was really cool <laughs> that was a good effect and mm. all right so the, the junkyard scene uh first of all the, the guy is like the the lead henchman guy is like so hype about these rocket launchers when he picks he buys them like in an exchange at this junkyard and he's like oh yeah these are gonna do great and like the first one just completely fails to do anything like it explodes and he's like yeah that guy's toast and then he just shows up and he's like he looks so sad and defeated he's like oh my rock yeah. didn't get him 
(laughs) that whole scene is basically them just like trying to shoot him with the rockets again and again and like just like he'll seem to be gone for a second and then he'll like pop up around a corner and like grab some guy suck the soul out of him or something and then at some point he gets up on this giant piece of construction equipment and somehow like melds it into his ghost rider spirit like I okay think- <laughs> so they they comment in the movie that basically anything the ghost rider takes as a vehicle becomes a part of him like right. and so, like, so like that's why the motor yes exactly um now of course the movie sort of like questions this because like the motorcycle will still like come to him even when like he's not actively on it so clearly it's not just about him sitting on the motorcycle um but yeah it like becomes the ghost rider's vehicle and it's like this massive construction vehicle the likes of which have never been seen before um It's like completely insane. It's bigger than like most apartment buildings. It has like so many tools. I don't know what's going on. Um. <laughs> and it gets like even crazier when he gets on it. And I don't know what it was supposed to be originally, but it transforms into like this giant flaming buzzsaw that yeah. he's controlling. <laughs> and it's just like going around carving these huge troughs into the ground and like blowing things up (laughs) and it's just like an absolutely explosive ridiculous scene it's it is something else he's just like flinging fire around and like people are dying left and right like (laughs) but you know it's just like a normal day in the life of the ghost rider yeah (laughs) just just average average stuff for him and importantly in this scene the like the lead guy gets seemingly crushed under a bunch of rubble um and then there's like after this there's just like a scene of uh like the mom and the son and go uh ghost rider johnny blaze hanging out at this diner which first of all we we haven't mentioned this yet but this whole thing like takes place in eastern europe which is very strange to start with i'm assuming it's because it was really cheap to shoot over there but there's like little explanation as to why the ghost rider is in eastern europe because it's not like he was hanging out in the u.s and moreau came to get him and bring him over though like he was somewhere in eastern europe where all this yeah, was he was in out. eastern europe in the movie and let's be clear he got his or his origin stories in texas like he's not yeah. My guess is that, like, Eastern Europe is supposed to be, like... Because I think Eastern Europe is sometimes thought of as this, like, lawless place where you can go and you can just, like, disappear. So I think that, like, the idea was, like... The implication is, like, he went over there to just, like, be completely off the grid. Right. Um, So I guess that that fits in with his his new story of, like, trying to hide from the world and from the curse of the Ghost Rider. Right. But it, it it's very strange in this scene where they're like basically in like an American style diner <laughs> the next morning. Uh, and yeah. he is like absolutely chugging water, which is something that you see him do in the first movie, too. And I was just thinking like, oh, this is like me after a hangover. No, <laughs> like, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. And it's no daughter. <laughs> 
and so uh, the 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 devil comes back and is like surveying the aftermath of this whole junkyard fight, and like seeing all of his dead henchmen, uh, and he he comes across like the main guy, and I think he's like he's not entirely dead at this point. Uh, he's like still clinging on to life, but. Um, the devil like turns him into a sort of demon type person, uh, like another demonic henchman, kind of like the Ghost Rider, called Blackout. Yeah, I was gonna say he becomes Blackout, who is one of the the Ghost Rider villains. Um, yeah. <laughs> and his hair changes color when he does. It. He becomes blonde. He was brunette before, and I was thinking like, oh, this is like like the stereotypical thing with like a gay man going through crisis, like blonde. <laughs> I was like, that that's him right now. Like he got defeated and he's feeling so bad about it. He's like, I guess I'm gonna go blonde. Yes, it makes sense because we should be clear that it's not blonde, it's platinum. Yes, it's it like- is specifically <laughs> platinum blonde. Yeah. It's like that's the that's the color. That's it. <laughs> yeah, and, and when when he does uh when the devil does this transformation to him, he like noticeably weakens like half of his face just sort of like shrinks down like he's had a stroke or something. Um so like you can see that like using these powers is actually physically taking something out of him. And the effect is really cool. Like that's one of the better effects in the movie. Yeah, I do like that. Um, so blackout's whole thing is that he can one, make everything dark shocking. It's blackout. Yeah. Um, but two, he has the power of decay. Um, he can just like touch things and he makes them decay. Uh, there's a funny gag on the movie where he's trying it out and he tries it and a tweaky, a Twinkie does not decay. Yeah. Um, he's like, he's like holding an apple and it like rots away into dust in his hand. And like a sandwich gets all moldy and stuff. And then the Twinkie just stays normal. He's like, ah, oh, and he eats the Twinkie. Yeah. Um, and Twinkies were, I think he previously is the one who called one of his like crew members out for eating Twinkies cause they were gross. And now he's eating <laughs> Twinkies cause they don't decay when he touches them. Um, so that's pretty funny. Um, it's also a funny just like moment, even though like making fun of Twinkies for that sort of thing was like, I feel like very common in like 2011. Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, you know, there, there was a joke about Twinkies in um, Zombieland, which came out around the same there time. Is, there is a there's a there's a very yeah, there is a Zombieland uh, Twinkie joke. I know this because that was Zombieland came out at the peak of my Jesse or uh, Jesse Eisenberg phase. So, um, so we all have a Jesse Eisenberg phase here and there. And if you don't, um, then I don't know what's wrong with you. Um, I fucking still love the social network, man. Um, yeah, that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> there's, there's a scene, a really quick scene I wanted to mention where, um, Ghost Rider and the kid are like they're driving around somewhere. Uh, I guess th- they're driving to get to like Moreau and the weird cult that he's hanging out th- with that we're going to get to. Um, they're uh, so they're driving around and the kid asks the Ghost Rider what happens if he needs to pee while he's the Ghost yes, Rider. Actually, Moreau has shown up at this point. That's that point where like Moreau was coming okay. to like motorcycle with them. So Moreau is already there and they're all going to see the cult. Okay. Um, but anyway, so yeah, he asks him like, 
well, what happens if you need to pee? Where he's like, oh, it's just like it's like having a, a flamethrower or something. Yes. And they do a cutaway just to show the Ghost Rider pissing fire. And I'm like, they literally just worked in this bit of dialogue and everything because they had nowhere to put this shot of the Ghost Rider peeing fire. But they knew they had to show it. They <clears> knew <throat> they had to show that shot. Um, it was a and very, I respect that. A very Neville Dean Taylor moment. It was. I uh, that... really enjoy that moment. Honestly, <laughs> the only thing that was missing from this was like a key musical moment. Like there was no keep on loving you, you know? Right, uh, right. Yes, that would have been the like a, a, another one of their hallmarks there. Yeah. I can't think of any major song moments in this movie. Um, yeah, yeah, the music is not remarkable in this one. I can't really think of anything where, that stands out. Um. Yeah. So they sh- they finally they arrive in Turkey, which is where they're heading. Um, and the Cappadocia region, which is very interesting scenery here. It's like all these caves and uh, like what people built like houses and temples and stuff into the caves. Um, right. It's very cool and it looks really good in this movie. Uh, great setting. One of the better parts scenery wise for this because otherwise like a lot of the scenery is kind of bleak and bland because they're like in the middle of like nowhere eastern europe yeah um, whereas the <laughs> like, first it's just like first, gray skies and and like yeah. brown tan walls like the it's first not- movie was like in the american southwest so there's like canyons and deserts and stuff it's all very beautiful um uh, this one the highlight was definitely the cappadocia park um but yeah, they show up in this place, and of course, there's like this weird monk cult there hanging out. That's like, uh, I guess, uh, like they're they're supposed to protect the earth or something. They're uh, it's it's unclear, very unclear, yeah. what their actual purpose is. Their leader is bald and like has tattoos all over his face and stuff. Sure, it's pretty kooky. Um, and so they're gonna they're gonna protect the boy, presumably. So they show up there, and um, the uh, and uh, McCavity is just like I'm not gonna call him by his actual name. I'm just gonna say he's McCavity. Uh, McCavity is like um, this is like well now you've gotten him to protection, like you fulfilled your bargain. Now I can uh, like take the the curse out of you. And they they have like this this very heart to heart conversation and everything and like they're apparently like the one thing the monks do with the outside world is like they they make wine and so they have like this very old very nice wine there and of course uh, Moreau being a big fan of the sauce is like drinking all the expensive wine and sharing it with the Ghost Rider oh by the way the Ghost Rider drinks in this movie. Which he does not do in the first movie. He's yeah, like he pointedly does not drink in the first movie, but in this one, he very much is fine with it. Yeah, it's a, another interesting contrast. Um, so yeah, he he gets the curse taken out of him, and he has like some sort of vision here in this weird cave place. Um, yeah, and, and, and oh, and he tells. Uh, like the story of how uh, how the spirit of vengeance, which is the Ghost Rider, came to be. It was like originally 
an angel who was the spirit of justice, but he right. got like corrupted and became the spirit of je- vengeance instead because of his anger at like the corruptness of humanity. Uh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty wild. But basically the idea is that somewhere inside the ghost rider, the spirit of justice still uh, reigns, which is a good angel. Uh, and there's like some piece of him still in there. Um, right. Also in, in this part of Moreau introduces him to the fact that there is a 2000 year old bottle of wine somewhere in these caves. And he's like, I'm saving that for a special occasion. And I'm like that there's no way that's still good to drink. Like there's just absolutely no, no way. it's that's like not pasty. Don't do that. <laughs> it's like at a certain point, the aging does not help it anymore. It's going to be like vinegar or some sort of horrible sludge. Like just no, no, don't do it. Don't drink that. Um, so yeah, so the ghost rider has been like, he's just Johnny blaze. Now the ghost rider has, is gone because of, uh, the like incantations that Moreau reads on him. But then, uh, it turns out that the monks are, have like betrayed them and they're going to kill the kid who we have completely neglected to mention what the importance of the kid is. It's cause he is the son of the devil. Um, Correct. Yes. Yeah. And uh, his, because he is the son of the devil, he has all the devil's powers, but he doesn't have the same restraints. Uh, he doesn't have the same constraints as the devil himself. Like he can use all of his powers within a human form without like dying uh, for some reason. I don't don't know why it works that way, but that's, that's how it works. Uh, (laughs) And so the, the monks are going to kill the kids because he's the son of the devil. Um, And there's not a lot that um, ghost rider can do because he's not the ghost rider anymore. Um, But then blackout and his gang show up and they kill like all the monks and it's real it's another like really kooky scene cuz like every time blackout like grabs someone you go into the blackout dimension where like everything is black except for the the characters involved and it's like also i think it's like a, like a weird black and white kind of contra- high contrast video yes effect yeah. on the characters it looks just really strange like every time it happens i'm like whoa where are we and it it, it looks like they filmed like every one of these scenes through some sort of crazy fisheye lens or something uh it's it's a wild effect it's very neville dean taylor uh it's one of those moments where i'm like i don't think any other director would have handled it like this it's very cool. Uh, but yeah, they like, they just kill all these monks by just like making them decay. And yeah, like pretty at much. the end of it, like they were going to, they were doing like this dawn ritual. So they were like all in a circle. And at the end of it, it's just like this circle of these really aged, like mossy corpses, just sort of like, <laughs> it's gruesome. It's gross. Uh, it's very fun though. <laughs> here i wrote down that uh the sequel is the evil dead 2 of ghost riders i don't Ooh, know exactly what? what that means i think i'm referring to the fact that it uh it does not really follow the first one in terms of being a sequel it's more like 
hey, let's make a similar movie with like way crazier effects, <laughs> which is kind of what this is. Yeah, um, that's pretty much it. <laughs> I also wrote, the movie suddenly becomes Uncharted 3. <laughs> Which, Uncharted 3! Which I believe is a reference to them being in caves and, like, jumping around to get up places. Oh, and, oh, it's because... Okay, I know why it is. It's because... So after this, uh, Blackout takes the boy to, like, this crazy ritual space, which is in, like, an old coliseum... Not, not a coliseum, like, an old amphitheater from, like, Roman times or something. Sure, yeah. Um... And they have, like, all these, like, very powerful, like, rich people showing up to this ritual, which is really interesting. It's, like, the idea that there's, like, all these demonic rich people who are going to show up to take part in this ritual. Um, it's kind of, kind of like, eyes wide shut. Like, it's kind of uh, a little bit of... Oh, uh, what's Martyrs? <laughs> Maybe yeah. Martyrs. It reminded <laughs> me of that. Uh, but it also reminded me of Uncharted 3 because it's like in the meantime, Moreau and uh, the Ghost Rider are, who is not the Ghost Rider. I, keep, I, I have to call him Johnny Blaze here. Moreau and Johnny Blaze are like sneaking in to try to like infiltrate this and like kill all these uh, these ritual people. Um, which felt like a similar scene from Uncharted 3 where they're like skulking around an old temple. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, here's where they drink the 2,000-year-old bottle of wine before they're going into battle. God. And Moreau is like, oh, it's not that bad. (laughs) And and Johnny Blaze is like, yeah, you could probably put this on a salad or something. (laughs) So I was like, it's clearly, it's not wine anymore but Moreau is just like I don't give a fuck he's just gonna drink it anyway um and he like throws the bottle of wine at one of the henchmen as he's going in for the attack um they I wrote down uh McCavity is like a French Bugs Bunny here cause <laughs> he is he's very similar to that he he like as he goes in for the attack he's very pranky He's like throwing the wine bottle at people. He's sneaking around and killing them. And then he he like takes out a gun and he's like he's shooting a bunch of the people in the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> and I wrote down, can a priest just normally shoot a bunch of people? Because <laughs> like, yes, these are these are bad people, clearly, but at the same time, you are a priest. Are you supposed to just be shooting? <laughs> like just going on a killing spree here? I don't know. Um <laughs> yikes. <laughs> it's it's not it's not great. Um and anyway, this ritual it's supposed to be like put activating the powers of the um of the sun. Uh and he like we've seen that he has some powers earlier, like mostly powers of influence. He can sort of like influence people to do stuff. Um and like his blood is like really powerful. Like if he ever gets like a slight cut, like the demonic entities are alerted to his presence. Um, But here he's going to gain like the full powers of Satan himself or Mephistopheles as he's always referred to in these movies. (laughs) Um, 
But so they're doing the ritual, and I guess they complete it, and they've captured Johnny Blaze. Uh, but the way they get out of this is uh, he gets the kid, since he now has the full powers, he gets the kid to give him back the Ghost Rider curse. So he turns into the Ghost Rider again and just kicks everybody's ass. Which is ideal. Yes. <laughs> um, but one thing is, like, as they're doing this, the sun is coming up. But the Ghost Rider, you know, he's, he normally operates at night. But I guess he's operating in the daylight right now. Right. But, you know, they kill everybody off. They they stop. I Like, I, I guess... The kid is still like the devil, right? <laughs> I don't know what they really saved him from, but I was also unsure on that. I don't really know what like the long term play was there, but <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know. I guess like because afterwards, presumably Mephistopheles would have turned him to the dark side or whatever, but now he's like good. I don't know if he. Maybe because they didn't completely finish the ritual, he doesn't have the full powers anymore. But, I mean, we're, we assume that things are okay at the end. Johnny Blaze is back to being the Ghost Rider. Um, and everything's just hunky-dory. And the movie ends, like, very abruptly. Like, yeah. right here. By, by the way. So there's, like, no, like, oh, like, a year later and they're all hanging out having fun. No, this, like, it just ends like, right here. Uh, so we don't really know, like, if things are all hunky-dory, I guess. But uh, presumably they got the outcome they wanted. So there we are. Yeah, I choose to believe that they did. Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. Um, yeah. It was something. I gotta say, it's it's a little convoluted. I'm not entirely sure what they're doing the whole time. Uh, but it's a lot of fun. There's just a lot of really crazy scenes in this that you wouldn't see in any other movie. It definitely feels like a Neville Dean Taylor film. I'll tell you that much. Uh, it's got their fingerprints all over it. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's all right. It's deserving of more than an 18% Rotten Tomato score. I'll say that much. Yeah, I will. Yeah, I think 18% is crazy. I don't think it's great, but I think 18% is crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, I've seen far worse films that are just considered mediocre i'd say that's about where we are um but yeah there's there's a lot of there's a lot of shining moments here a lot of stuff that you wouldn't see anywhere else so i'd say if you're into this kind of stuff you know we are it's worth <laughs> a watch it's worth a watch uh, <laughs> well yeah this this uh this ended both the Ghost Rider franchise and the collaboration of Neville Dean Taylor. We have not Dang. seen any more movies that are jointly directed by them, but they've both gone on to make films their own. Um, I'd say the most notable of those is uh, Mom and Dad, also starring uh, Nicolas Cage. Yes. And uh, directed by uh, Brian Taylor. It's uh, that is a crazy movie. Yeah, I really <laughs> enjoy that movie. That's like <laughs> that's a nuts one. That's worth seeing. Um, that feels funny. like a natural progression from Neville Dean Taylor. That seems like a like a normal. <laughs> yeah, 
that's yeah, where this so. this experiment was gonna go. <laughs> it doesn't have as much of like their crazy video stunts like they've done in these movies that we've discussed. Uh, but it's got like some thematic elements, some parts where everything goes from zero to crazy in like right. no time at all. Uh, it's it's very much got that. It's got some crazy action scenes, some very graphic, bloody scenes. Uh, the plot of this movie basically is that there's some I don't even remember what it is. It's some sort of like virus or something else happens that makes all parents on the planet want to kill their kids. <laughs> yes, I don't know how that is a thing, but yes, that is ex- essentially the plot. That's pretty much it, and it's like all the fallout you can expect from that. Yeah, it all happens. It's <laughs> very nuts. Um, a lot of violence against children in that movie, which is quite the dubious genre. Uh, but it's it's good. It's well made. It's a lot of fun. It's got Nicolas Cage, and he is doing everything in that one. Um, came out around the same time as Mandy too, so it was during that little mini Nicolas Cage renaissance. Um, it's a cool movie. I have not seen uh the Vatican tapes by Mark Neveldine, which I'd say is the most notable thing he's done since then see actually the only film that he's directed since then so i don't know i can't speak to it but i'm interested in checking it out it's a horror movie which yes. if you ever wanted to know what one of the neville dean taylor horror movies might look like that would be the one that's your chance <laughs> yeah so i might check that out but yeah that ends our coverage of neville dean taylor um Ooh. <laughs> I'm not not gonna put them on the level of auteurs or anything. Like they're they're uh, very they're clearly up there with Hitchcock. <laughs> I don't yes, know what you're talking the, the about. The finest filmmakers of a generation. They, you know, they're very interesting though, and they have their own style. You always know when you're watching one of their movies, and I think there's a lot to be said for that. And they're extremely talented. Um and you can tell that. So I don't know. I I find them to be very fun, and I would definitely uh, I would definitely welcome any more collaborations between the two of them. There was some rumors of a Crank Three at some point. Um, they're definitely not anything that's confirmed, but that would be very interesting. I don't know where they would go from what happened at the end of Crank Two, but I'm I'm eager to see it. I think um, Crank Three is even more violent somehow possibly more racist and um (laughs) oh no that would be very hard to do (laughs) heavily features some other reo speedwagon song um has to has to you know so i think it'd be really good um minus the you know bad things um (laughs) bad stuff the bad stuff the the third one has to feature can't fight this feeling. <laughs> it does have to feature can't fight this feeling because that just makes me think of Glee right now. So I would love a another thought process. A recontextualization one. of that song. Yeah, that'd be nice. And I can't fight this feeling anymore. I mean, it does. That song does feature in Rock of Ages, but 
Mm, of course it does. Of course it does. It's the it's the gay couple song too. Um, oh, very nice. Yeah. Um, and I can't fight this feeling anymore. <sighs> I can't fight this feeling. Yeah. So, with all with Neville Dean Taylor done, what are we gonna do next? What are we gonna do next? I don't know. We might. Um, I was thinking about talking about Lost Boys, maybe. I would uh, love to. Do, I would love to do a Lost. We could Boys do episode. Lost Boys. That's that's one potential. Um, also, there is a new Candyman movie coming out. Um, we could talk mm-hmm. about the original Candyman. Yes, we could do. Can- I was going to say we can't talk about the new Candyman yet, <laughs> but yeah. <No>. Um, <laughs> um, yes, we could totally talk about. We could do. There are three Candyman movies to date. I think. Oh, I've only seen the first one, so I, I same, don't know. Same, same, same. Um, I would have to watch the sequels, but um, I've heard the sequels are actually kind of interesting, especially in terms of like, like in terms of like black identity and stuff like that. Um, so like in terms of how the the movie handles race, I've heard that the the sequels are actually pretty interesting. Oh, interesting. Um, I, I know the first one was very uh very like on those themes. So yeah, I, I could imagine. That. I mean, sure. I think the the character is inherently on those themes. I think, right. but like, I think the sequels um actually sort of depict some of hit like Candyman's actual like like I think the the sequels actually depict some. And this is all coming from I've watched um the documentary Horror Noir. If you haven't seen uh, it, um, yeah. and and I think that the sequels actually depict some of like what actually happens to that character before he's dead and becomes the like vengeful ghost that he becomes. Um, so I think I think that that's why it's like they very directly tackle some of those themes in a different way. Um, so uh, yeah, I, th- I think that um, Candyman is definitely an interesting, um, an interesting route to go. Yeah, so, I love Candyman. I love the first Candyman. Yes, I'm a big fan. It's, it's cool. Film. I'm um, very excited by this. Like, so I think it's a sequel. It's supposed to be like a direct sequel to the first one. So kind of like what we got with Halloween 2018. I'm going to say it, uh, it's, it's one of those movies where it's like, it's being built as a sequel or reimagining or re- it's being built as everything that it could possibly be built as. Um, the big thing is that I think it's just going to be a success. I think everybody wants to see this movie. <laughs> like, yeah. It's going to be great. Um, um, like the trailers look amazing. Yeah. It looks um, really fucking so good. I'm very, I'm very excited for that. So yeah, that might be something we talk about. I definitely think we should talk about some horror next week because you know, as much as I don't know, I don't know about the people listening, but we we always come back to horror, and it's been a little while since we did some horror. That is so. uh, always what we come back to. Um, yeah, I think. Um, I mean, we'll come back with some horror probably. We let's not commit to anything. All right, uh, so <laughs> that that would be my vote is not to commit just yet. All right. So we're we're hinting we're hinting that we're gonna go in a horror direction and we'll let you see what comes out of that. Who knows yeah. what it'll be? There's so much horror out there. Um just so much. Well, uh I think that about wraps us up for this week. Uh yeah, this week, this month. I know it's been a while since we got back to you. Uh, this is have, what season five. This is season yeah, five, yeah, right? We started start season five now. Yes, uh, we've had some uh, some motivation difficulties and also some equipment difficulties. 
which have uh, both been a factor. But uh, we're here again. We're trying to keep it a little more regular. We'll see where that goes. Um, but I think you we know, can do it. I think we can. We can. We can. Enough. We can recommit to this. Um, and you know, as always, you can find us on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Uh, find us, give us a review, and uh, subscribe to us. We're also on social media. We're at Buzzed on Movies on Twitter. And you can reach us by email, buzzedonmovies at gmail.com. And until next week, we'll see you at the movies. We, like, definitely won't see you at the movies. We won't um, see you at the movies because the theaters are delaying their openings again. Um, <laughs> that's still, shocking that's because people show. are dying. Um, yeah. So um, we won't see you at the movies. So instead, we'll leave you with this. Don't believe their lies. Oh, oh. Um, I was gonna say wear a mask, you jellical fucks. But like, <laughs> you had to. Um, please fucking just wear a mask. Like that's all I ask. I want this to end. If you just wear a mask, we might be get getting back to some normalcy. Just wear the fucking mask. It's not yeah. hard.